Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Need a place to talk sports? You've come to the right place. CBS Sports Radio. Live from Milwaukee, it's Bart Winkler. Good evening, everybody. I am Bart Winkler. Welcome to another edition of the Bart Winkler Show. And it is great to have you as we are one day closer. We're always one day closer to something. We're one day closer to the Super Bowl. And now it's starting to feel a little real, right? Now it's starting to feel a little real as the sports world has descended upon Las Vegas. And it's not just football. If there's anything going on, people are trying to get to Las Vegas to be there. The WWE is having a big press conference there on Thursday. Hopefully they change their plans with the Rock and Roman Reigns. Rocky sucks. Rocky sucks chance tonight on Raw. Um, I watched a little and then I, well, I'm, I'm watching it right now. I, I got it on the TV. There's there's like not a basketball game on. There's a blowout going on. I, I'll watch the Super Bowl media thing later. And I, I really used to get into that. I really used to get into that because what's happening tonight is the media night. So you start to hear some shows and you watch some shows and you see a backdrop and they're on radio row and they talk to a bunch of different people and we'll be checking in with some of those people throughout the week here as well but you've got all of this action going on and then the teams come and they do this big kind of media celebration but they they like walk out and the, the the questions are weird and even Roger Goodell used to do this big press conference but now it was invitation only he used to do it in this big banquet room now he's doing it in the Chiefs locker room so it's just the the whole thing's a little different it's weird they used to do media day in like the afternoon or the morning i'm just talking about it from a like a viewer sometimes you'll get these media people complaining about a media thing uh and it affects nobody but i'm not not interested in this i turned it on there was some kid doing an all-time fantasy draft with patrick mahomes i don't know some guy dressed up like andy reed I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like maybe we've exhausted the creativity of, of what this night is. And I also want to like hear some real answers. Forgive me. We've got one football game left. I want to hear a little bit about the one football game and some of the tactics and the strategies and what these guys want to do to counter the other team. Instead, I'm watching, you know, Andy Reid get asked about his favorite hamburgers 
and I'm hearing complaints that the Niners practice field is too squishy. So hard to kind of get your hands on what should be the big story of Super Bowl week. But it is Super Bowl week, and we're going to talk about it a lot. We'll talk about it tonight, obviously, throughout the uh, evening and throughout the week. I think what's interesting with the Super Bowl is, well, obviously a lot of it, but we're we're ready to go. We've got one more game left, and typically when I I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about when I was a kid here, I would grow up and I would watch the Super Bowl, and it was awesome. Uh, I love the Super Bowl, and then then you'd still get one more game because the Pro Bowl was the following week. That's right, folks. I need to complain about the Pro Bowl, and I'm not going to complain about this current version. I need to complain about. Your complaints that got us this current version. We used to have a football game, okay? We used to have the Super Bowl, and then we used to have a football game. And it wasn't the world's best football game. There were some crazy plays, maybe, you know, some flea flickers, maybe some reverses and passes. You know, these are guys that are on different teams, but they're all coming together for the conference, for conference superiority. And you could watch your favorite players, and you'd know because they had the helmets on, and they were all wearing either blue jerseys for the NFC and red jerseys for the AFC, and it looked good. Aesthetically, it may have been some of the most pleasing football that you have ever seen in terms of jerseys. And it was in Hawaii, So the coaches are wearing their Hawaiian shirts with their lays, and it was just a nice way to cap off the season. It was a nice way to finish the season. And along the way, some guys were like, ah, you know, we just played in the Super Bowl. We're not going to go. Some guys still went. Now nobody will go because it's the week before the Super Bowl. You're not going to play a flag football game and get hurt the week before the Super Bowl. For some reason, it's in this middle zone now but then like some other stars oh no i'm hurt oh, i don't want to go to hawaii i've been there a couple times you know that's fine i'll, I'll set this one out and that was fine that was fine because you still got a pretty good football game and it was very exciting and then some people stopped coming like i said and then some people started to complain well i don't i don't like this that they're, they're not they're not going it's not the pro bowl it's yeah, these, these guys these guys shouldn't be there. Okay, so it starts to get a little complainy. And then we get into this era, a good era, of player safety. And suddenly the guys get to the Pro Bowl and, you know, we're not going to hit the guys as hard. We're not going to do the Sean Taylor on Brian Mormon thing uh, where he jacked up a punter. We're not going to do that anymore. Yeah, and then, you know, I hear from some of you, yeah, well, it, it's not as... It's not as intense as a as a real game. Like it never should have been. This is a this is a scrimmage for conference superiority. Literally no one cares. But it was still a fun, good game. Then the tackling kind of stopped. The tackling kind of stopped. The games were sixty five to fifty, you know, and you're seeing guys run up the middle of the field. They get the handoff. They just kind of run for five yards. They're just like, oh, okay, we're down. Well, well, what is this? What is this product? I don't like this product. I'm not watching this. My impression is an aggregate 
of all the people that have ever complained about the uh, Pro Bowl. So I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this. So the NFL says, you know what? The complaints are so loud. It's not working. It's going to go away. And they take it away from us. They take it away. And then they're like, well, we still got to do something. So let's do the Pro Bowl games, which that brings back some of the skill competition, which has always been fun. And then this flag football game. I'm sorry. I don't think of this as a win. I can't imagine that people that love football, and I watch every football game that exists, and I don't think I'm kidding about that. I watch every NFL game. I watch every window of college football. I will be watching the UFL when it hits in March, and the schedule came out today, and you know I've got that in my calendar. I love football. I do not like flag football. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I think it's an affront to the sport. I think if this is like, we're all, we're all so worried. This is the problem I have with the pro bowl and, and I'm blaming America. This is what America wanted. Cause I'm sitting here every year at the pro bowl. There's always the topic. What can you do to fix the pro bowl? What can you do? And I'm saying nothing. Just leave it alone. This is fine. It's fine. You know what I tried to do last night? I tried to look up stats. I was like, well, I guess C.J. Stroud did well, and uh, here's some play from Baker Mayfield I saw on the uh, social media. Tyreek maybe ran fast. That's all I saw of it. I did not watch this thing. I did not turn it on for a minute. And I, and again, I told you, I watch every piece of football that exists, and I did not watch this because this is not football. I am not watching flag football. Now, deep down, am I scarred? Because when I was in sixth grade, I played flag football, and I was the tight end, and I scored my first and only touchdown of my career, but somebody took my flag off at the line of scrimmage, and so nobody ran after me because I already had a flag down, and the touchdown didn't count. Deep down, am I scarred about that? Maybe deep down, maybe I'll talk to my shrink. But I'm just, I'm, as, as a viewer, like, this is better? This is You think this is better? Everyone's so worried. 18 other weeks of the year and into the playoffs – about, oh, the quarterback went down and they called a penalty they shouldn't have, or, oh, that wasn't a flag, or that wouldn't have been a penalty in my day. And then on a Sunday, you sit down and watch flag football on purpose? Nah, nah, not me. So I blame America for the constant complaints about the Pro Bowl because now we got this slop which is way worse. But that's what yesterday was. Yesterday was, oh, God, it's Sunday. I've been watching football on every Sunday since mid-August. What the hell am I going to watch today? So the Pro Bowl maybe got on your screens. Uh, the Grammys. For some reason, everybody liked the Grammys this year. Ratings were up 34%. Most uh, the, the awards are weird. The award shows are weird. I feel like the award shows... Like, America, again, kind of picks what the vibe is going to be. And some years we, like, go into whatever award show it is, and we're like, I don't want to like this. Awards are stupid. Hollywood's dumb. But last night, everyone was like, no, 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 I'll watch the Grammys. This will be fun. Everyone had a good attitude about it, a good spirit. So good for them. And then the other thing that did catch some eyeballs or at least caught some good conversation was Live Golf. Live Golf had a good finish, and guess what else it had? It had the day to itself 
in terms of golf. So they had an event in Mexico. And if you try to watch any of this event, it's really hard because a lot of it is unnecessarily dumb. I think Live Golf might have a better shot of succeeding if it just focused on the golfers. Like, if it was just like a golf tournament, it would be it would be good because they do have a lot of great players now. And John Ram leaving is a huge move. And for being second vice Mr. PGA next to Rory, I mean, I'm still stunned that he moved over there. And it's still weird that this thing even exists because it doesn't know what it wants to be. What does it want to be? It had a great finish. But if you're trying to watch during the day, there's this team format, which is awful. Everybody's dressed like they're working at a circuit city and they're playing against Radio Shack. And then, uh, you know, Auntie Annie's pretzels. They look like they're working at a mall, some of these uniforms. So that's ridiculous. And then you've got music playing like you're golfing with your brother-in-law. Like, what the hell? Like, oh, you brought a speaker? Great. Let's listen to, let's listen to your music. Ugh. So I don't know what it's trying to be, but then like they turn the music off and then it was kind of about the players and the finish was good and the PGA got postponed because of weather. They had the Pebble Beach. They didn't have an event on Sunday. They had to cancel the event after 54 holes, but then so everybody still wanted to watch golf. They wanted to watch golf and they maybe watched Live Golf for the first time. So Live Golf, I don't know that this carries over, but they had an opportunity yesterday and they took advantage of it. And you're going to be hearing more about Live Golf this week. Because at the beginning, I mentioned Las Vegas, right? Center of the sports world. You got the Super Bowl. We're going to check in with Solomon Wilcots, who's there. Uh, longtime coverer of the NFL. Excited to check in with him. He is in Vegas. We'll talk to him in about six or seven minutes. But Live Golf is in Vegas this weekend. Live Golf is having a tournament in Vegas. Do you remember last year? This is also a big PGA weekend because it's the Phoenix Open. Uh, and the Waste Management Phoenix Open is a big event because it's kind of like rowdy and a little crazy, and they have, like, party holes. Well, last year, remember, it was in Phoenix along with the Super Bowl. So all of a sudden, there was, like, major tie-in. There was one day at the Phoenix Open because you had everybody there for the Super Bowl, and people are looking for other stuff to do, and you've got some of the biggest stars in entertainment at this golf event. And football stars, they finally made the connection. And so the Phoenix Open's happening this weekend. But Live Golf is happening in Vegas. They interviewed some of the Phoenix Open um, officials, and they're like, well, you know, it's a it's a quick plane ride, and we still think we'll see a bump from the Super Bowl. It's about a 45-minute plane ride. It's only 300 miles, so we think we'll get some people from the Super Bowl to, to come check us out for a day. No, you won't. First of all, the Super Bowl's in Las Vegas. There is plenty to do there. This town has no clocks. No one ever knows what time it is. And they got a golf event right there. So live golf. This stupid mega million billion dollar thing that still I don't understand the actual reason it exists, but is trying like hell to again, I don't even know. I don't even I don't even think their end goal is to take over golf. I don't know what the reason is. I think we kind of think what the reason is, but I'm not even sure that that's it. Oh, it's to promote Saudi Arabian and they're trying to get in and tourism and, you know, sports washing. And is it there's a, if it was that, why are these games? Why are these events on the CW with all due respect? Why is, why is there never any publicity to it? Why do like you watch these courses they play on and they're 
like garbage par threes. I mean, they're breaking 60 every weekend in this thing because the courses are so easy. So I don't know what it is. I don't know what the goal is, but I do know that the biggest event in all of sports is there this week in Las Vegas, the Super Bowl, and Live Golf is right down the street. And you may be at the beginning of a Live Golf uprising. We'll see. Very interesting how that will play out. 855-212-4227. We've got plenty to talk about tonight, including we're going to look at the Super Bowl, obviously. But we're going to look at it from a different angle. Because I was thinking about this earlier today. Who does America want to win? Like, who does the average person want to win? But then I was thinking, who would it be better for if the Chiefs won? Who would it be better for if the Niners won? Who would the NFL prefer to win? Who would America prefer to win? What would the economy prefer to win? Who would Tom Brady prefer to win? I've got all the answers to that. Just a fun little segment that we'll do a little bit later. But we'll talk about the actual game. We're going to do that next with Solomon Wilcots. 855-212-4227. I'm Bart Winkler, CBS Sports Radio. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Bart Winkler Show, heard Monday through Friday, nighttime and nationwide, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern and 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio, I'm Bart Winkler, 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS. Of course, this is Super Bowl week. It's media night tonight. The shows are assembled at Radio Row. Everybody's getting their work in and then going and doing the interviews and it's a busy, busy week. And we have, we have made today Solomon Wilcott's day at CBS sports radio. So let's keep that going. It's my turn here on the Bart Winkler show. Solomon, thanks for a couple of minutes. This, this being, I got to ask you about just the event itself. Cause you've been to a number of these things. Does it feel different? The Super Bowl experience being in Las Vegas for you? It really does. I, I mean, think about it, man. Las Vegas is the entertainment capital of the world. I mean, it's uh, this is where the great Frank Sinatra performed and uh, Dean Martin and Sammy Davis uh, and even now Usher, Beyonce. All of them have uh, come and, and performed here in Las Vegas. And now uh, that entertainment world has met the National Football League, even the commissioner, Roger Goodell, has uh, just talked about what a great market Las Vegas is uh, for professional football. And so you see it all coming together. It is opening night here in Las Vegas for Super Bowl 58. All the players and the coaches and everyone getting the red carpet treatment here in Las Vegas. Yeah, it's pretty uh, amazing to see as we're talking with Solomon Wilcots. He's there in Vegas. You can hear him on Sirius XM. You can hear him on the Believe in Bengals podcast uh, has been covering this league for a, uh, for a long time. You know, I'm trying to like get a few of the parcels of what people are saying and, you know, some of these different interviews. And I'm not sure if you saw this one, but I was really kind of struck by it. Um, but Brock Purdy was just interviewed not too long ago. And they asked him if he could name all the quarterbacks that were drafted in front of him. You know how people will do that. And like, Oh, this guy, Brock Purdy says, no, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't care. And I think like for Brock Purdy, with all this debate about, you know, how good is he and 
is he the key or is he part of it or whatever. The thing that does impress me the most is you watch him down in some of these games, and I didn't think like the Niners were a good come-from-behind team, but I don't know that I've seen him rattled once. And now you've got a matchup, Solomon, that's a guy that it's really hard to bet against in Brock Purdy and a guy that it's really hard to bet against in Patrick Mahomes. And I'm having a hard time trying to see how this game plays out. Yeah, I know. Look, Brock Purdy, there's so many things to like about him, to be honest with you. And if you are the kind and have a good you know, mindset, good spirit about you, he's a hard guy not to root for. Like, there's so many things about him that says, this guy's humble, the guy works hard, he shows up, and he's put up some of the most spectacular numbers that we haven't seen uh, in a long time. A break. Um, and set the new franchise record for passing yards in a single season. More than Joe Montana, more than Steve Young. And, uh, you know, uh, doing things that in terms of 9.6 yards per pass attempt, we haven't seen that by NFL quarterback since Kurt Warner and uh, the greatest show on turf, Rams. So this guy's playing at a very high level. We ought to give him more credit. Those who aren't giving him the credit – to me, they just don't recognize what they're truly seeing with the performance of Brock Purdy. He's matched up against Patrick Mahomes, as we're talking with Solomon Wilcots, and it's so amazing if you like step back and look at this AFC where it was dominated by the Patriots for so long, and everyone's just like, oh, okay, this dynasty, this is, well, let's move on, anybody else. And the Chiefs are like, all right, we'll, we'll win a Super Bowl. Oh, great, great, so, new blood. No. Six straight AFC championship games. What is this, their fourth Super Bowl? What about the Chiefs do you think has been kind of the most impressive about how they're able to do this? And is this is this like an emulation of what the Patriots did in a way, or is, are they kind of operating on different levels? Yeah, I, I know. I think it's very similar, right, because of the fact that, look, you don't have this prolific wide receiving group and I think people used to say that in the early days of Tom Brady. Well, who are those guys he's throwing to? He's throwing to nobody, right? But at least uh, Pat Mahomes has Travis Kelsey. We know it's a wide receiving core that struggled all season long, 40 or more drops, and uh, great inconsistencies causing tremendous amount of stress for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. But yet they found a way to still make it back to the Super Bowl. And obviously – because the defense has played great. They played what we call great complimentary football. Uh, if the passing game was their uh, Achilles heel, then the run game and Isaiah Pacheco was their savior, to be honest with you. And the fact that Travis Kelsey is still Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the game. And so it shows that in today's NFL, with salary cap and player movement, and you can't keep everyone minus a Tyreek Hill right, that you, no team is perfect. All these teams have an Achilles heel. You've got to be good enough to play high enough level of complementary football to overcome your liabilities. But I think across the landscape of the NFL, even the best teams are not like those teams that we knew in the 70s and the early 80s before free agency. They're going to have some holes in them. And guess what? It's about the other team, the opponent, being able to exploit them. And if they can't, then they can't win a championship. Well, and I think, too, as we talked to Solomon Wilcots here on the Bart Winkler Show, I think as much as the talk is going to center around, and for good reason, the quarterbacks, I'm looking at the running games. I, I mean, the, the Niners have given up a bunch of yards 
here in this postseason. Um, the Chiefs, you know, are not perfect with their run defense as good as they are in coverage and blitzing. And I think you've got two guys like, if not for Christian McCaffrey, I, I thought coming in that Isaiah Pacheco would have been the best back in all of the playoffs. That's where the matchup could be won and lost, I think, on Sunday. I agree, and I think that's why it's going to be a high-scoring game because I think I think both teams are going to be able to run the ball. We already know the effectiveness of the quarterback and their style of play. They can create big plays, and they do have, I think, enough around them for the uh, points to really come. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be tough on the defenses to corral and contain the opposing offense. Think about the 49ers. They're the, become the fourth team in NFL history to have a 4,000-yard passer, then have four players, okay, with over 1,000 yards from scrimmage, and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel. That's prolific. That's the ability to create a lot of big-time plays. As good as the Chiefs' defense is, they still have given up plays, not a whole lot of points, uh, but this could be their toughest matchup yet. I think also as we look at everything that's gone on over the last few weeks, the build-up to the Super Bowl, sure, but there was different news about different coaching positions, and some more guys announced today, um, at least doing the opening press conferences and, and getting the meet-and-greets out of the way. Eight new coaches this cycle, some big names left you know, on the bench here. I think when you ask most people, Jim Harbaugh is obviously a big name, and we think that he could have a quick impact with the quarterback that they have besides him, or maybe it's somebody else. But of these guys that are hired, who do you think, like, who do you see the most potential in maybe a, a turnaround with these new coaches, with these new teams? And some of them have more work to do than others, but who are you looking to uh, have big success right away? I think you name uh, Harbaugh is the one that you expect immediate success. And if you don't get it, then I think you're going to be truly surprised, right? Uh, I think Mike McDonald, I, I really like him as a defensive coach and the ability. Now he gets the right coordinator and they continue to draft the way that they have because I think they've done a good job. They need a defense to show up in Seattle, right? But you think about what they already have on offense. They're pretty good. Those two tackles that they have on the offensive line are good. Obviously, Jackson Smith and Jigba, you throw him in with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. You have a trio of receivers that can just crush you. And they still have good running backs that can lend uh, you know, their ability to run the ball. Two young runners in Zach Charbonnet as well as Kenneth Walker uh, that can get to the next level, sustain long drives. It's about the defense. And I think uh, Mike McDonald is the right coach to be able to build a defense uh, with Seattle. They've got some good draft picks even over there over the last couple of years in Tyreek Woolen and Devin Weatherspoon that you should be able to build a really good defense providing you get a good passer. So don't sleep on Seattle um, quickly becoming a formidable team. And I I like Mike McDonald to be maybe one of these next new young uh, coaches that knows how to move the needle with a football team. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch some of those guys. It'll be interesting on Sunday to watch this play out. We've got a few more days until that, Solomon. I know that you've been uh, doing some work on behalf of Macy. This is a product that you've been involved in for the last few years. It's interesting, like, you know, as it helps with knee replacement and, and the different cartilage, and you can talk on that. But I feel like, I feel like three out of four people that I know that aren't even athletes have, like, had problems with their knees 
at some point in their life. Uh, but you guys have, uh, and you're working with the company that has some way to to kind of help people when they think like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do what I was able to do before. Yeah, I mean, look, when you're dealing with um, cartilage damage in the knee and chronic knee pain, and your knees it's sticking and it's causing some pain, you don't have that smooth um, movement in your knees. Maybe it's clicking, maybe it's sticking and it's hurting. Um, what if I told you that there's a new innovative treatment for repairing cartilage damage by using your own stem cells to regrow uh, your cartilage? And uh, they pulled into a, uh, a biopsy by pulling out healthy cartilage tissue. They send it off to a lab and they can grow it. And then they come back and they insert it. It adheres to the healthy tissue and to the bone. And therefore, it keeps um, you from deteriorating to the point where you're bone on bone and potentially having to get total knee replacement surgery. So Macy is the procedure that you want to repair your cartilage damage. All you got to do is go to the website at Macy.com, M-A-C-I, Macy.com, to find a doctor in your area and to read up and learn more about the procedure. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. You've always, you know, been attached to people that have been uh, products of it, so really cool to see it work and cool to see you uh, a part of it. Solomon Wilcott, appreciate your time, man. Enjoy Vegas, whatever that means for you. Uh, Just, you know, be in good shape by Sunday. Bart, you're the best, but the good work. Thank you very much. All right, that's Solomon Wilcott joining us here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, pleasure to talk to him. Again, one of the great voices in the game. You can check out his work on SiriusXM, and he does uh, some stuff with the Believe On Network, including the Believe On Bengals uh, podcast. Busy day for him here at CBS Sports Radio. I did not realize. I know that he was on with JR earlier. Uh, it looked like he was on with Jim Rome today and Zach Gelb. So he got, he got the full uh, gambit of uh, CBS Sports Radio. I don't think he was with Maggie and Perloff. You know what's interesting, Shep, about that show is they come on at 6 in the morning Eastern time, right? Correct. Vegas, they have to wake up to be on at 3. So I think I was watching some, was it a Instagram or something? But... Maggie's walking through a casino at two in the morning to go to a show. Like they're going to be waking up to prepare for their show. Cause it's in Vegas when we're being done with our show. It's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts. You got FOMO not being out there. No. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was, I was going to go, but I'm a little under the weather. You know, he was actually, um, and I'm, I'm looking as you say this, part. he was actually on the show, which is Jim Rome's show. Yeah, he was on Rome, he was on JR, he yeah. was on Gelb, he right. was on this one. I'm trying to think, because Marco said, Marco and I were talking about this, I think he was on five shows. Was he on Ryder? No, I don't think he was on Ryder. I think Ryder had Steve Berline. Okay. Um, so did he, did, he do, <laughs> did he do Maggie and Perloff? I I'm trying to I'm finding this out as we speak. Now listen, I mean that's all. If, Has if, anyone ever done more than two shows in one day? Yes. Oh, I oh, there was the Magic Johnson. Yes, day. that's exactly yeah. what. I'm, yes, that he did Jr. He yeah. did Gelb. He did Da. Um, 
I'm trying to think who else. I'm yeah, he did. I'm pretty sure he did Rome, I, and I know he did Dan Patrick. I didn't. I studio. didn't get. I didn't get the email on that one for my <laughs> my weekend shift at the time. I didn't get the email on that one. Hey, I, I was a good sport about that because technically I was offered magic, and I said Jr. should uh, Jr. should get that. Um, oh really? Well, I mean, they, they. Well, I mean that's the right thing to do. Okay. Um, all right. Huh. Jr. No, that was the right thing to do. I'm trying to I'm trying to see if Maggie and Proloff if they had Solomon because that if they did. That's got to be the longest day in the history of Radio Row. If he did a six to nine a.m., six to ten a.m. show, and it does a ten p.m. to two a.m. show, I don't think they had him on. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe maybe we have to wait till tomorrow. Marco, who's the who's the fifth? Who are we missing? I don't know. It was kind of a, a passing thing, so maybe it was four <laughs> now instead of four. five. I mean, you're holding steady to a number. Here's how the situation went, Bart. Now, you gotta, now we got to do this on the air, okay? It was when Ack was leaving last hour on JR, he walked past me and went, Solomon Wilcox is on. I think this is the fourth time today he's been on as he walked out the door. So, And then, and then lo and behold, coming up on the Bar Winkler Show, it's Solomon Wilcox. So I was unaware of that, so I said, I think this is the fifth time he's been on today. Yeah. Did I ask him the same questions? I'll have to go back and I don't uh, think so. I, I think. See, I, I think when you're on, I think when you're on CBS Sports Radio, we're so diverse in terms of we're so big, but also we're so diverse in terms of affiliates that the reason you do it multiple times is because you want an affiliate to hear that otherwise wouldn't be able to hear it maybe four hours ago. Uh, so I think that's why you do it as many times as you do it in one day. I feel like he. Uh, I feel like he knows I've been a little hard on Brock Purdy. You think so? Yeah, I don't know. He was saying some. He was saying some man. If you if you don't give this guy a lot of credit, I don't know what's wrong with you. Kind of stuff. It's I, like okay. I kind of caught that. Yeah, I kind of caught that subtle jab. Like it's not about it's not about Brock. It's about you. If you have an issue with Brock Purdy, should I speak up and tell him I think Brock Purdy kind of stinks, or I think I'm going to let that one? But go? But in fairness, you've never no. But like in all seriousness, you've never said that. Your your gripe about Bar, uh, Brock Purdy, not Bart, but Brock Purdy, is that he's good, but yeah. he's nothing that you haven't seen before. And there's a lot right. of people that are better right now in the NFL than Brock Purdy. And I think there's a lot of people, in fairness, that share that same sentiment. Marco and I are not one of them. I, Marco, mm. I don't mean to Why speak, do you always speak for me? I don't me? know. I guess because I feel like it, <laughs> it sways. Way? Because I guess it, make, it makes me feel like it sways my point more. But when we talk about Brock Purdy, I think you think he's great. I, I don't. Okay. So, Bart, you and Marco <laughs> both agree about Brock Purdy, and I'm on an island. There we go. Marco, get out of the big city. <laughs> move to Milwaukee with me. Be in my studio. <laughs> I think, I think things will go a lot smoother for everybody. I'm 0 for 3, by the way, when I say, you know, Marco and I feel the same way. Marco's like, no, I don't. No. Well, I mean, just, <laughs> Do you ever even talk to each other? Like, how the hell do you know all this? Because I'd like to think I know Marco very well. Apparently, uh, I'm wrong. Yeah, just, you, do, you don't. I'm surprised you know his name. Marco Belletti. Uh, <laughs> by the way, wonderful father to two. I have three oh. kids. Wonderful father to three. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to quit while I'm not ahead. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, in fairness, one of them's only eight months, so Shep's just a little late on this. <laughs> no excuse. Right. No excuse for that. Well, yeah, they don't no start counting until they're two years old. You're fine. <laughs> You're fine. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. I think Las Vegas has also done an extraordinary job with this city, with the ability to host these big events, the ability to uh, attract people here for a lot more than what people used to. People used to say this was just a gambling town. This is an entertainment town. 
This is the Bart Winkler Show. You can hear it Monday through Friday, nighttime and nationwide, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern and 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific on CBS Sports Radio. It really is one of the more shocking things if you think about it, how this league used to be so afraid of anything Vegas. And now Tony Romo, who couldn't have a fantasy football draft there nine years ago, is in Vegas to call the game for CBS, to call not just the game, the Super Bowl. It's crazy. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4CBS. Talking NFL, let's get to Nick in Maryland. What's up with you, Nick? Hey, Bart. Uh, I'm going to say my Super Bowl prediction will be 35-27 49ers. Okay. Um, mainly because I think they're going to be rushing a lot. Get, uh, by the way, I saw the stat from NFL.com. The 49ers have the longest attempted air yards. Uh, you might want to fact check me on that, but last I checked, that's what they nah, have. I, I trust you. Uh, so I think they're going to be trying to throw some long balls along with a bunch of Christian McCaffrey running. Juice? I don't know about you don't have a stat for them? No idea. They no. probably are going to do some sort of, uh, I don't know, a lot of Isaiah Pacheco, maybe a few long bombs, and then rest average. All right, so you got Niners over the Chiefs. Yep, 35-27. All right, well, enjoy the game. Yep, still be rooting for the Chiefs, though. Okay, rooting for the Chiefs. Uh, that's Nick's prediction. Uh, thanks for the call, Nick. I I was waiting. So good to hear. He's got 35-27, I believe he said, Nick. Nick's prediction. Greg is in Michigan. Uh, hey, Greg. I almost forgot how to say the name of your state. Hey, Bart, Mr. Positive. Hey, real quick. Is Marco Belletti on Facebook, Instagram, or anything like that? Do you know? I, I don't know, man. Okay, I just was wondering. Um, and real quick, uh, when you talk about the stem cell, all I want to impart on your listeners is when it comes to your joints, shoulders, and knees, it's structural uh, you know, deficiencies. You want balance, the anterior, medial, and the posterior head of the shoulder, and you want the bicep femoris and the vastus medialis and the lateralis and the legs. The by uh, the you know the balance. And we we got to institute we got to institute a ground rule. These words are too long to be on this show. I apologize, sir. Yeah. Um, I just hey. want to, I just want little short words that I can say with my with my tongue. You got it. You got it, my friend. Yeah. Hey, and uh, they know. About also, you. people would stop like not to be all doctory about this, but people yeah. would stop getting hurt in those places if you just live your life like me. Lazy and uh, immobile. Bart, how dare you? Don't mm-hmm. stop it. You're, you're a good man. Um, uh, now, here's the thing. I did not know that about, uh, wow, four 1,000 from scrimmage and uh, pretty thrown for 4,000 yards. That's pretty impressive. I'm going to go, um, you know, that's nice on paper. But Mahomes is just too good. Um uh, Reed is uh, arguably smarter than Shanahan and Travis Kelsey, and you got the Taylor Swift effect. It's got to be uh, Chiefs over um, 
um, San Francisco. I'm not sure exactly what the score is, but I think uh, um, Mahomes is going to carry the uh, Chiefs to the Super Bowl. And this will, if he does win this, Oh jeez, I don't want to get into the goat status. Hey, but, uh, what, what are we, what are we, what are we doing? What are we doing here? It's it's Monday. Why are we doing all the you. predictions today? I hear you. Um, the prediction day is supposed to be Friday. I hear you, my friend. Yeah, hey. we, we get we got we got a whole week of storylines before we set on the predictions. Okay, buddy. Hey, yeah. thanks for taking my call. Everybody, go for your dreams and great show, great show. All right, Greg. Thanks, buddy. Greg in Michigan. Uh, my prediction is the Chiefs 31 and the Niners. Uh, gosh, I don't know. It is really tough. I'm just trying to imagine it being Sunday. And I'm trying to imagine how the game flow happens. And I don't think anybody could have imagined how the Lions would have started against the Niners so fast uh, with the quick drive and the Jameson Williams. Uh, touchdown. I don't think anybody would have thought that the Chiefs would win a game in Baltimore if they didn't score any points in the second half. So there's a lot of different things here. I think a lot of people are trending. We talked to Solomon Wilcots not too long ago. I think a lot of people are trending towards it being a higher scoring game. Uh, these Super Bowls have been kind of trending that way anyway. Um, gosh, I don't know. You would think, I mean, both teams can score. I think another stat I don't know if Nick has it to back me up, but there's like this stat on uh, impact plays, high impact plays, um, you know, chunk yardage plays. There's a word for it, like like super duper cool plays, although like the NFL word for it. Um, and the Niners, explosive might be the word I'm thinking of. And the Niners lead the category in that. And they've got so many different weapons. I still think it's going to, I do think the running backs are going to play a big part in this game. And that could be via the passing game as well. That could be with screens. But I I think that Isaiah Pacheco and Christian McCaffrey uh, have very good statistical days because I think they're going to be part of the game plan. And I don't know that the other team can stop them um, that well. I think this is an interesting Super Bowl, too, because I feel like a lot of people are either rooting against a team more than rooting for. So I have decided to try to figure out who – the Chiefs winning is going to benefit and who the Niners winning is going to benefit. This is not a Bartometer thing. This is Bart's brain. But we're going to try to... I'll throw it a area of the society, whether it's the NFL or Tom Brady, and we'll try to figure out who everyone should be rooting for in this game. Very scientific. Stay tuned for that. CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.